Thibodeau is a difference maker in and of himself and how he gets guys to play hard. Um, so if you got a guy who already plays hard, is already a lockdown defender, and you add him to Thibs. Oh, and by the way, the guy's also a knockdown three-point shooter. Yeah. I don't think the game's over. Welcome into Triple Zeros, the anti-hot take sports show. I am your host, Josh Buckhalter. Be sure to follow me on X, formerly known as Twitter, at Josh G. Buck. Hit the Facebook page, Clocker Sports. The website is clockersports.com, and the email address is contact at clockersports.com. And, of course, you can follow the show on uh, X and on Facebook at 30 Pod. That is the number 30 Pod. And, of course, follow the site on TikTok at Clocker Sports. We are everywhere trying to uh, expand and grow. And with that being said, I have to ask that you like, subscribe, rate, share, review all those great things, uh, the podcast, so that we can continue to grow. Um, also, like, subscribe, rate, review all the things that you see over on the Clocker Sports YouTube channel as we, again, try to grow. We are trying to uh, – had a good first year uh, covering the Bears for Clocker Sports with Clocker Sports down there. You know, did it past couple years with Last Word um, and took things into our own hands this year. And so, uh, very productive. Uh, had a lot of great feedback. Looking to improve a lot of stuff for next season. So, um Lord willing that we are back, you know, that I am I am granted back in. I will be uh, uh, looking to uh, bring some even better stuff for you guys next uh, next season. So uh, the Bears are wrapping up. Uh, if you can't tell, we're talking, starting off with football here. <laughs> the Bears are wrapping up their final week of, of practice before they go uh, up against the Green Bay Packers to close out the season up in Lambeau Field. So with that, we'll get right into it. <laughs> A lot of the narratives have changed around the Bears in recent weeks. You've heard tales of uh, Matt Eberflus returning next season, Justin Fields possibly more than likely returning next season. I don't know if that's more than likely might be a stretch. But you've heard of both of those guys, those figures, coming back next season as the years worn on, and they've shown uh, progress in, in uh, notable areas and key areas, right? Um, Lou Getze, I've, I've said that as, as easy as it is to kind of separate him from everything and kind of you know run him out of town as the, as the problem to kind of fix everything, I do also feel as though that, if you're Ryan Poles, there's probably some part of you that cannot separate the progress that you've seen from Fields from what has happened with Getsy. Now, maybe there's something that Iberflu says where he's like, no, Getsy is really not the prop, uh, the reason for it. It's a lot of what Fields has done to kind of make it walk the bam. That's possible. What I'm just offering is the the sudden overhaul that we all thought were not all. Cause I, I, for the longest, I thought just was going to be here. But the coaching staff and everything like that, I thought could have been changed, which could have led to him being the one uh, who also goes. But they're, the sentiment at large has kind of changed around the team in that they're just they're doing good, they're doing positive things. Um, we've seen a lot of pointing to the Lions, a lot of pointing to for Fields in particular, uh, pointing to Jalen Hurts and for Lamar Jackson. And I think they're actually entering to a point where we can say that they're the Bears, right? Um, the Lions got it because their offense started clicking and they were doing a lot of great things. I don't think their defense was ever as 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 formidable as this Bears. It unit is right now. Um, they're getting takeaways. They're getting sacks, right? They're covering well. Um, and they're giving the offense short fields. Now, the offense hasn't always taken advantage of those uh, so far, right? And, and Because they're coming along as, as, as the season wears on, too. But I think the Bears' turnaround has largely been keyed by the defense's turnaround rather than what, what you saw with the Lions last season when their offense kind of kicked it into high gear and they were able to put – I guess they still have to get some defense because they had to string together enough stops to come out on top. Uh, I just still don't think that that was the same thing. It's it's similar, right, but I think the Bears are – my bottom line is that the Bears are entering to a phase where they can point to we are the Chicago Bears. We're not trying to be anybody else. We are from here on trying to create our own path, and hopefully that's a path that leads to some postseason success. Uh, that being said – 
I have not, uh, I guess, laid out in stone what I think my what my offensive off season approach would be. Right. Uh, obviously, I have zero say. They don't care what I think about it. Uh, but I do think that if I was in Ryan Poles' shoes, after seeing Fields' progress, seeing how the guy the team has rallied around him, seeing how the fan base rallied around him after that Falcons win, um, I would be very hard pressed. And he's you know we we heard before this process began, or I guess I, it's not before it began, but a little while ago. How about that? Um, about he'd have to be blown away by one of these quarterback prospects to take them over and replace Fields. Same thing he said about Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. Neither one of those guys did that. Um, I know there's a lot of uh, t- hindsight 2020 people who would say, well, how did you pass on C.J. Stroud instead of third? I think Ryan Poles understands a lot better than maybe the average fan and, and, and definitely more than the average media member about just what how the, the the length they went to strip down this roster last season, right? And then and then how adding in a bunch of new pieces on top of an offense that, while maybe not the most complicated, definitely has its fair share of of uh, terminology and things that can get players hung up. So we see it, you know, coming together as the year wars on, and that's about the most you can want to ask for. Um, I just, I just really feel like it's rounding into a place where the Bears can point to their own trajectory as opposed to having to be compared to another team that, frankly, only one of the teams that they've had, I, I guess you could consider the Ravens are that too because they're still perennial uh, Super Bowl threats and, and things of that nature. It's just I, I really do feel like they're just into their, entering into their own territory. And so uh, today's practice was a lot talking about this Week seventeen, week 18 matchup against the Green Bay Packers um, and and. The videos are going to be up on YouTube by the time this video, by the time this video hits your feed, this this audio, whatever this podcast hits your feed. Uh, the videos will already be up on the Clocker Sports YouTube channel for each one of these players. But uh, here is a quick uh, locker room go around uh, featuring Jaquan Brisker, Tyreek Stevenson, who won the NFC uh, Defensive Player of the Week award after having two interceptions against the Falcons in Week 17, uh, and as well as uh, linebacker Tremaine Edmonds, who's really come along. Now there was a lot of consternation about him not making the big hits. He's, he's a taller guy, so a lot of the thumping hits that people were are accustomed to seeing from that middle linebacker spot just don't come from him um but he's so rangy he's everywhere when you need him to be and he's uh, uh he's got really good ball skills i know there was a lot of another also a lot of talk about him not having uh the turnover numbers well he's created turnovers he's been around the ball he's been close enough to where i could say okay well if he catches it or if, if x y and z goes the other way he has this turnover and people that narrative has been debunked right um but again, he's been very valuable. So here's a quick go around from today's uh, locker room at post practice locker room session, and just uh, all the guys talking about their focus this week um, and and what they're looking forward to uh, uh, going into the next season. Tyreek Stevenson talked about his development, and so here that is. Um, we definitely want to finish out strong, uh, especially just you know the way we've been playing the last couple of um, games. Um, moving on into next year, to, you know, and you know, you know, especially you know, practice, you know, I think I just really settled down in my game. Just going out there, understanding that I'm, you know, I'm meant to be here. You know, everything happened for a reason. Bro. Just understanding that. You know, I'm just going out there, just playing my game. You know, uh, very different. We got, we got a bunch of guys in the locker room that's not just in each other's brother. Uh, we all definitely like them. Definitely understand that we all want to go to the next show. That's the feeling the guys have. Like, we're kind of into every day. It's just the chemistry that we've been building one another throughout the whole year. Um, we see guys laughing, we see guys having fun, but at the same time, no one's time to And uh, anytime we've had a type of dynamic, um, you know, the success is in the future, you know what I mean? And um, 
just gotta keep, keep taking the things that you know that was positive for us, and also learn from the things that was negative for us. And, uh, and that's what guys are doing. You know, taking steps in the right direction. Now, what you heard there from Tremaine Edmonds and from. Uh, from Jaquan Brooks taking it the next season, right? But the steps in the right direction. That's been a constant theme, and I've been trying to, I guess, leave those kind of nuggets in every one of the videos that I do post-practice wrap-up. is just the, the attitude has not changed. Really, the stuff that you're seeing now, the, 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 the confidence and the swagger, that's been there throughout the week, right? It may not be there post-game when they had those losses, and it may not be there um, even, uh, I guess, earlier on in the season when it was super rough. But inside that locker room, they're, they're – moods have not reflected necessarily what the record was. And I think that that's kind of helped them withstand some of those early arrows that they were taking, those early struggles they were going through. I mean, I kind of wanted to ask that to Justin today. I didn't get a chance to um, just if that was necessary, you know, it was that part of this process to get to this point, you have to go through those struggles, those lows, because if you don't, when they hit, you don't know how to handle them. And they got it before they, they started experiencing success. So there was no disappointment, really. Maybe some anger among the fan base. Um, and even from them, because uh, we remember coming into the season, that week one matchup was very, very much ballyhooed. So, um, again, I'm just very, very, I'm very, uh, that's a lot of varies. I'm excited for where the direction that they're going and that they're buying in and like that you heard uh, them say, you know, they're, they're looking forward to momentum for next season. It's not necessarily about this matchup, although they want to win this matchup. It's a lot about what next season is going to hold for them and just how they can uh, go about, you know, building upon the good things that they've shown down the stretch here. So um, very positive stuff from there. And I also have some videos up. Like I said, you can find each one of these videos individually uh, for Jaquan, for Tyreek, and for uh, Tremaine up on the YouTube channel. And you can also see uh, Colin Johnson. And I've talked to him a few times since he's arrived. Um practice squad guy for the most part he's gotten uh, a few opportunities over the last couple of weeks and got signed to an active roster contract today and so i had to ask him about that so go ahead and check out that youtube video very nice dude um he seemed very appreciative of the fact that you know that's something that's being acknowledged like that's that's a lot of hard work this is a guy who was kind of uh coming on late in 2021 i believe it was and then in 2022 in the offseason he tore his acl or his achilles rather um and had to miss the entire campaign and then been toiling away in the Bears practice squad for a lot of the season. Finally got a chance. Big body guy, six foot six, right? Something that they don't have. So um, check out that interview. Very interesting guy. Very, very uh, affable person to talk to. So um, also be sure to check out uh, the article on Deontay Foreman. I talked to him about that uh, tweet that he's fired off about there's no love in this thing anymore or something along to that effect on X a couple of days ago. Remember, Foreman was inactive uh, on Sunday against the Falcons after being one of the Bears' more productive rushers. He's been that kind of treated that way most of the season, and he had some, some thoughts on that. So be sure to check out clockersports.com for that in-depth interview because I, I was not expecting the answers. I didn't think he'd be happy about the way things have gone, but I did not necessarily expect him to go um, to be as, as, as blunt about it as he was. He was definitely, you know, matter of fact, no, I'm not, you know. So go ahead and check that out, article uh, on uh, clockersports.com, um, and we will move on to some other NFL news. There are going to be a crap ton, and that is a technical term, of uh, different quarterbacks starting in Week 18 as teams prepare themselves for the postseason. Um, and so here's a, a quick list, and I am not. I think this is the full list right now, but I, I'm not sure quite yet. This is from Adam Shepard, and he actually even put uh, more to come. This is at 2 o'clock, so we're, we're at 6 o'clock now. We're a few minutes away from the start of the uh, Atlanta Hawks game against the Oklahoma City Thunder. We'll talk about them in a second. But uh, the confirmed Week 18 starting quarterback so far, Shepard tweeted, uh, Blaine Gabbert. Right, San Francisco. Um, I'm sorry, Kansas City. Jeff Driscoll, Carson Wentz uh, in in Los Angeles, Nick Mullins in Minnesota. But that's by that's by choice. That's not a backup situation. That's just them making another quarterback change. And I wrote about that, writing about that for uh, Heavy on Vikings. That'll be up probably before this actually hits feed. So um, check that out as well as what their decision is going to be uh, with Kirk Cousins going forward too. So a couple of pieces there. 
for heavy on Vikings. Trevor Simeon, Easton Stick out there in uh, L.A. with the Chargers. Tyrod Taylor um, for the Giants. Sam Howell is back for uh, for or I think he he actually started last week because Jacoby Brissett was not was not healthy. So Sam Howell there in Washington. Mason Rudolph is, has kind of given a spark to Pittsburgh. And as much credit as I give Mike Tomlin for being that steadying force for what has been a, a kind of a, 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 a mixed bag. We'll just be polite about it. Mixed bag of of parts over the last few seasons. The fact that Mason Rudolph had to wait till this point in the season to be the guy is kind of odd. Maybe it's because they felt compelled to, to start Kenny Pickett, but I feel like Mason Rudolph has shown you that he – I don't dislike Kenny Pickett. I just don't – maybe maybe you don't see the ceiling that they have kind of projected for him as that guy, and I don't – I just – I have not seen it since college. So um, to see that he hasn't necessarily, you know, blown anybody away in his early going in his career in Pittsburgh and the NFL has not surprised me one bit. And then the last one on uh, Schefter's list is Jared Stidham out there with Denver because, you know, Denver benched Russell Wilson. So that's a lot. <laughs> that's going to be some some interesting football, which is just a code word to, for, for bad. Uh, I'm not sure how much people are invested in this, but, you know, this is what it is. Week 18, um, this is just what happened, used to happen in week 17. They used to rest players for this same exact thing. So, um there's going to be some interesting games, and and that means some some silly finishes more more than likely, uh, as well as some disappointments because you know what happens when people see teams, they bet teams, even though they don't always know who's necessarily playing for said teams. And uh, with that, you know, you kind of got to uh, just know when you see the list like this, oh, nothing is probably going to go as the way I planned it. Just, just a heads up and out there. Uh, what other interesting news and notes? Bears have a handful of guys who are in contention for the uh, for Pro Bowl voting. That started off. We'll have the full rosters coming up, uh, I believe, later on tonight by the time I'm actually done recording. So we'll see um, exactly what's going on. Um, Antonio Pierce gets a strong vote of confidence from Devontae Adams. I said this, I think I said this on the, on the show last week, or if not the week before, something along those lines. Antonio Pierce is exactly what was happening. What was it, Rich Passaccia who was leading the way, and then they let him go anyway? Like, the Raiders have a weird history of letting the interim guy come in here, ingratiate himself, show that he's got the locker room uh, connected. Uh, uh, I think an underrated characteristic for a head coach is something that we don't talk about enough is how well they've kept the locker room together, galvanized the locker room, right? You heard uh, Edmonds. Well, you will if you look, check out the video, the interview for Edmonds, the full locker room media availability. Uh, he spoke about Matty Rufus, uh instilling confidence in guys that he's going to put them in the right position to make plays. You want that. And so when you have a guy like Antonio Pierce who's played in the league, he clearly knows how to connect with the players. I, I really, really just am hoping that the Raiders don't do what they've done in the past and what many other teams have done in the past and kind of uh, issue that that proof because it's it happened under this kind of circumstance where he was you know replacing a guy that nobody likes so maybe it's just that dead cat bounce type of deal this could legitimate be legitimately be a a strong move for an organization that really needs one to be honest with you um their direction has kind of been all over the place over the last few years they went from gruden right and ended up with freaking uh uh josh mcdaniels and he's just he was just not he, he was still josh mcdaniels i don't know I don't know what people thought was going to happen with that signing because he hadn't done anything to kind of prove that he wasn't the same guy that he was in Denver. So I don't, I don't, I don't really get, you know, how that even came about. But he's gone, and you got a guy there now who players want to rally around. And like I said, Devontae Adams gave his strong endorsement too. I just don't know how you don't let that be, right? How do you, how do you, uh, I guess, go against that? When it's positive, and that's the same thing that you see with with uh, the Bears and Justin Fields. When you have so much positive feedback from him 
Maybe he's not where you want him to be just yet. And I understand that, you know, and that's why I say I, I totally get it. They move on. I, I, there's a lot that you could point to to say that's the right move. But I've watched these players back him the entire season. I've watched, you know, him get up there and despite some of the way that his words have been construed, say, you know, that he's got to do things to be better. The entire, even when he was talking about the coaches and being confused for the overcoaching, he didn't even say that. He said coaching and was talking about he just hasn't, he wasn't processing it right. He wasn't digesting it and putting it into action the proper way. He literally said right after that, it's on me to figure out how to walk the band. That part got left out though. So with this with the Raiders, it's just one of those things where don't get in your own way. That's that's all I have to ask. Don't don't get in your own way. Um, for the Chiefs, right? A team like the Chiefs, I told you I cover the Chiefs. You guys know Chiefs, Vikings, Bears, and then on the NBA side we have the Hawks, Bulls, and the Lakers. Used to have the Nets, but the Nets got replaced with the Lakers, and so um, boy stays busy. Um, but for the Chiefs, um, I saw Brian Ballinger compel them, try to urge them to become a a running team, lean on Isaiah Pacheco. They have he's dealt with injuries. They've dealt with injuries up front. But I've been saying this for three weeks now, for sure. I know I've been talking about this one, that the Chiefs have taken for granted what they had uh, in the first championship, and then it was reinforced by them winning the next one, right? Winning last season. Uh, A lot on the strength of their defense, but I think they underestimated the importance of having a a bona fide, even if not number one, a a bona fide number two option at receiver. And we can say Rasheed Rice is becoming that guy. He might even be that guy at this point of the season, but he wasn't that all season. And it showed they needed something on the perimeter that they just weren't getting um, and 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 a dynamic uh, that they weren't getting from Kelsey up the middle anymore. So uh, I could definitely see them addressing that position in two, that that area in two ways, both at tight end and at corner or at wide receiver. Um, but to Baldinger's point. This would be the perfect time to try to transform not only to help yourself this season, but to pr- prolong Mahomes' career. Um, we've seen him get dinged up this year. You know he likes to hold on the ball because he's trying to make a play. Uh, that takes that leads to extra hits, right? Even though he's protected because he's a quarterback and he is Patrick freaking Mahomes, you still don't want to put him in harm's way if you don't have to. And leading on the run game a little bit more will do will definitely do that. That being said, Balding Greenberg acknowledged this. That is the uh, anti-agenda of one Andy Reid, right? Andy Reid is a guy who more oftentimes has been associated with the screen game uh, as an extension of the run game rather than an actual run game. And so it becomes a little complicated when you try to, you know, juxtapose. Well, we know it's kind of obvious what they need to do, right? Except for they've won without it that way. The head coach is staunchly not against it, but staunchly in the other direction when, with, with how he approaches things. And then you also have 15 back there, <laughs> 15 back there. If I was an offensive coordinator, I'm pretty sure 15 would give me just like immeasurable confidence that we could run anything in the playbook. And it's going to be successful at any point in the, in the game, at any point on the field. That's just how I feel about that one. So, uh, we'll, we'll come back after next week and get to looking at the postseason and playoff uh, 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 matchups and things of that nature. But right now, we're just going to enjoy the end of the week, right? Talking about the, the Bears and the Packers, um, the 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 great way to close the white the, the rivalry, the season rivalry. I could not get the word out. The rivalry, man, and the season, and also, um, and if you see me distracted by now, just know that I am I am also game tweeting. I live tweet for the Hawks. If you don't know, follow me over on Soaring Down South uh, on X. That is the Hawks. Uh, uh, fan sided site, right? Soaring down south, and that is the handle soaring down south on uh, on X. I hate saying X; it sounds so weird. Uh, so I will be live streaming the game during the NBA portion, in case anybody wonders why the heck I keep looking down so much and what I'm looking at over here. That's the TV. That's the phone. We will be tweeting because that's what we do. We have to. We have work to do. Okay. We. This is fun. We still have work to do. So, um, 
But yeah, we're we're looking at to a this season went by really fast. Uh, this NFL season uh, playoffs are going to be exciting. Again, I told you I'm not sure if there's a favorite in the in the bunch anymore. Um, I'm excited for a lot of these matchups, and so we'll check in. Uh, on Monday or Tuesday next week and probably get something a little bit earlier just because there won't be anything bears related to, to have to worry about, um, uh, after that. So we'll probably try to load up as much information as I can between a couple of days next week to get all the stuff that I'm going to try to get from the bears before they get out of here, uh, for the sum for the off season, as well as, uh, some, uh, current news and stuff like that around the rest of the league. So that being said, now we can officially switch gears. And for anybody worried, I'm going to do some picks at the end of the show. I've realized now that if I try to jam them in there, I'll forget the stuff that I'm talking about in the NBA. So I'm going to try to get back to it if I if I even yeah. So anyway, picks are coming up at the end of the game. We'll do, or at the end of the show, end of the game. Wow, at the end of the show, we'll talk about uh, what week 18 picks I'm making. Again, it's hard, and I might avoid it altogether just because of all those quarterbacks. And I think I'm I'm going to do that. It's just tough to pick with without knowing who's starting where, or rather, who, knowing who's starting where and knowing that it's not the number one guy. So that being said, let's do it again because I t- I did all that talking in between. There we go. Now we can kick off our NBA section. As I said, we are awaiting uh, the tip-off of the Atlanta Hawks game against the Oklahoma City Thunder. The Hawks are at home. They were at 4-9 and nine at home. They might be 4-10 and 10 after that last loss, uh, but they're at least 4-9 and nine at home. Uh, been a rough season for the Hawks. There's a lot of commotion about them. I have an article coming up. Uh, uh, by the time this hits, feeds probably be out on Soaring Down South, just about Adrian Wojnarowski uh, on threads of all places, saying that uh, general manager Landry Fields is determined to shake things up for this Hawks roster, and uh, that means a trade during the season. It's kind of odd because the Hawks have been very patient in how they've moved. Uh, to the to a fault, and so I could see them trying to get a little a little uh, antsy. At the same time, I'm not sure what they're going to do because we know the trades of that kind of magnitude are tougher to do in the season, and they don't always work out that way. So I'm just I, this is a situation that I won't call volatile because they seem to see, still get along. The team is not falling apart in that sense, um, chemistry wise. It is it's just not working, and so when that happens, changes changes are made, uh, and it sounds like the Hawks are going to be a team that does make those changes. There uh, was a, a big trade, blockbuster trade, I guess, baby blockbuster because it's not like there was this like all star level shifting, but there was some some big moves. Uh, OG Ananobi from the Toronto Raptors and Precious Achua go to the New York Knicks for R.J. Barrett, Emmanuel Quickly, uh, and I believe Giraffe Capital. Um, so my initial reaction to the trade was that it was a lateral move. And it still might be, but in the first action that I saw with OG with the Knicks, under Tom Thibodeau, which I should have automatically known that that was going to make it a be uh, it boost the, the the return just because of what situation he's coming into. Um, OG is a selfless player. So that part wasn't the issue, which is, is he a difference maker enough? And then I forgot, Oh, right. Tom Thibodeau is a difference maker in and of himself and how he gets guys to play hard. Um, so if you got a guy who already plays hard, is already a lockdown defender and you add him to Thibs. Oh, and by the way, the guy's also a knockdown three point shooter. Yeah. So it's a really good trade. The, I like Barrett's side as well. I like, I like what, Toronto was able to get for those two pieces. I like Barrett going home to Toronto. I like him uh, as an athletic sidekick with Scotty Barnes as the playmaker, right? They can both handle the ball. They can both get up and down the floor. They can both defend when they lock in. So um, I like it for both sides. I, I'm, I'm still, I'm going to let the jury stay out until uh, we see how, uh, I guess it performs going into the postseason for the Knicks, right? Because I don't know if the, if the Raptors are going to make it there, uh, but I like it. Doesn't mean that they're done either, and I've got a couple of things coming out about that. We heard that they are still interested in as a, a team for De, uh, Dejounte Murray. Um, 
I, if they're still looking to move Julius Randle, I am going to be writing an article for Heavy on Bulls about uh, a, a trade for Levine for him. Um, listen, I know people are, are kind of up and down all over the place on Julius Randle. He's a polarizing figure, uh, but he's a talented, talented player. And adding him would allow you to move DeRozan back to his two-guard spot. Uh, you could have Williams at what seems like a better fit for him at a three-guard spot. You move in a real power forward, some guy, somebody with some size, and Julius Randle, who's got some toughness, who can score all three levels. And who's also a bit crazy. <laughs> and I mean that in the best way possible. The Bulls are a team of nice guys, right? Your, your, your craziest one is probably Andre Drummond, and he's your backup center who's forced to play uh, starting right now because Nikola Vucevic is hurt. So um, I wouldn't mind that. I'm going to write out that entire thought process for an article on Heavy on Bulls, so go ahead and check that out when that does come out. Be on the lookout for that, rather. Um, and But like I said, that 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 – trade kind of threw me because at first I was like that's just side to side you're not really doing much at the same time I had to think about it, like no I, I take that back because you know it's it's the situation does matter and I I will still say I'm not convinced that it's lateral or not but I do like it more how about that that's that I think that's that's a better way for me to put that for myself just for uh for for how I have to look at it so that being said, the next thing I want to talk about is the John Morant dunk on Victor Wembanyama. Now, I'm not going to sit here and act like it's easy. I'm not going to act like Ja is not incredibly athletic and talented. We know that he is. What I'm saying is, first of all, don't ignore that Wembanyama got the uh, got the block on him on the other side as well. So let's let's just start right there. Second of all, it was and I, and and to break that down even further, you could say that okay, well, Morant's dunk was so explosive, and, and Wembanyama got the chase down, and it was just kind of a tap off the back of the glass, tap off the glass went behind. That's cool. I would argue that. Ja has to do that because Wimby's ginormous, so that's not to take away from Ja. Let me not let me put that out there too. But also the fact that Wimbenyama made that look so routine on Ja freaking Morant, right? On the explosive Ja Morant, that chase down looked like it wasn't no sweat for him. He just had to reach a little bit long, you know. That in and of itself should be spectacular. I'm this Ja played up into it like, yeah, I got, I had to do something coming. Come on, brother. <laughs> Come with you, with you. Remember TC from uh, from the Wayans brother? What you what you what you want to go do that for, brother? Like, come on, Ja, what are we doing? You playing up to the the to the crowd, and people did want to see it, and it definitely went viral. I'm just surprised that we're that we're gonna act like he was out here dominating Wimby like that when, again, like I said, we got him a, a dunk on the man from about 15 feet away. It looked like a tip, like it just didn't look like he like he like he was even trying. So, ah, hey, 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 it is what it is, man. Okay, it is what it is. Um. We're hearing a lot about the uh, Lakers are still a team to watch, too, as uh, for, for trades as they continue to try to find out what it is that's keeping them from succeeding. And I've already told you I think it's continuity. I am I am I don't say I'm against continuity, but but I'm pretty against continuity right now because all we've seen for it is stagnation. When teams try to rely on bringing back that same group of players that didn't win a championship. Right. You, and if you're not adding to that, like substantially, you're just going to be surpassed because all you've done is already shown what you are. Now, that's not to say that teams don't don't uh, buck that trend, that they don't improve X, Y and Z. What I'm saying is more often than not, what I've seen is if, if your team's not the, the, the champion, continuity is a death knell. Just saying that you're going to stick and run it back. Bad idea. It's a bad idea. It doesn't work out enough for any of the teams that I've seen do it, that I've seen do it. That's not to say that it doesn't, uh, that it can't work. I've just, and, and maybe I'm, I'm overlooking a glaring uh, example of it working, right? I just, it's not coming to me right now. <laughs> like as much as I'm trying to think of a team that was able to, uh, 
to navigate it that way. I just don't I don't see it. So when you look at teams like uh, the Lakers and you look at teams like the Bulls, even we look at teams like the Hawks that are kind of teetering the Warriors teetering on. Do we keep going? Do we do we do we break it up and blow it up? Those teams, if you're not the champion, you have to look for a shakeup. You have to. That's what the loss should have proven to you. And I, I, I laugh because we often hear them say, well, and it's, fans will do this a lot, where you'll hear, hear them say, you know, well, if this X break went this way, if this didn't happen that way, we'd be all good. They wouldn't have won if we'd have done this, that, and the third. They were only champions because this happened. And I, I always tell people, you know, every championship run has some kind of lucky break in it. That's from the littlest league to the senior league, right? It doesn't matter. that There's some luck in that run. Um, on top of that, it only matters when it's against your team. <laughs> Same thing about, you know, pointing out why, why this player is flawed and we see those same people make excuses or ignore the same flaws in another player. It's just bi- human biases. Um, and when you're building a team, it can, if we often talk about, you know, fans wanting to change things up all the time because they're never satisfied. Well, the opposite is kind of true for front offices where they can be so enamored with the moves that they make that they don't want to get off because a, you got to expend more capital. It's an admission that you were wrong the first time. Right. And now you amped up the pressure because if the second time doesn't go right, guess what? (laughs) Guess whose head is now on the chopping block. And I think, um, again, a team like the Lakers, a team like the Bulls and the Hawks, um, those teams probably should have looked a little bit hard. Now, the Lakers made it to the Western Conference Finals, so they have a little bit more incentive to say, hold on, and with, that was a largely with the group that had been assembled uh, uh, at or near or at right after the, the trade deadline. Can't be after. <laughs> at or right before the trade deadline. So um, I understand wanting to see what this offense, what their team could be like coming into the season. Hasn't worked. Hasn't worked. Uh, the Hawks. The Hawks look very much like the team that they were before last season and so I think that seeing it this season play out the way it has has been that much more disappointing so um, we'll see if they can get it all turned around um, I am excited for Jalen Johnson's ascension as the season uh, wears on I think that he's got a real shot for uh, uh, most improved player this year just because of he's able to do it on both ends of the floor and he has the numbers to back it up when you look at his points and rebounds and so um that's just one thing that I'm looking forward to for the NBA season down the stretch. The Bulls should get Zach Levine back here in the next few days, um, next week or so, rather, um, and, and maybe that'll speed up his trade market that's been non-existent so far. Um, other than that, though, it's a lot of kind of getting ready for the trade deadline, anticipation for what could be an active trade deadline. I'm not sure how many big names we're going to see move around uh, this time, uh, but also looking to see who the contenders are. So I guess when we come back and we reconvene next time for the next episode, it's going to be uh, heavily on playoff implications, right? Both real for the NFL and then projections for the NBA because I do want to get into some of these potential matchups that I would like to see. I'll do this a lot in the NFL, and I'll probably that's how I'll probably kick off next episode. It's just what the dream matchups would have been for the field, and then we can talk about uh, what I would like to see for the NBA as well because I do think that there are some, some – uh, compelling storylines that could be had with some of these teams if they do get to face off against each other in the postseason. So that's going to do it for this episode of Triple Zeros. Be sure to follow me on Twitter on X at Josh G. Buck. Hit up the Facebook page, Clocker Sports. The website is clockersports.com and the email address is contact at clockersports.com. Follow the show on X and on Facebook at 30spod. That's the number 30spod. Hit up the site on TikTok. That is at Clocker Sports on threads at Clocker Sports. And of course, you can uh, always go to the site clockersports.com. That's where you're going to find everything that I write aggregated 
to that point, read the stuff, man. Last word on pro football, heavy on Vikings, heavy on uh, Bulls, heavy on Lakers, uh, Soaring Down South and Clockersports.com. Uh, and of course, until the very next time. Thibodeau is a difference maker in and of himself.